You're listening to The Winning Mind Podcast. I am Letitia D'Souza. I am a mindset coach and business strategist who has helped more than 1,200 people change their lives, their relationships, their businesses, and just win in life. There's a myriad of reasons why we're not winning in life. Most people don't really play to win. They play not to lose. And what winning really means is becoming a better version of yourself each and every day. We can do this together. Hey, beautiful people I love. Hope you all are having a really, really good day. I am having an amazing day already. And the day has just begun. I literally bounced out of the bed with this podcast idea and these other ideas on my mind. And I was like, wait, you know, I'm trying to find something to write. I'll wake up in the middle of the night, like thinking about something. And then I'm just like, oh, let me jot that down. So I'm in a really, really good place. Only thing I need to do is take care of this lion's mane on my head in a few minutes, and then I will be good. So just quick check-in. How are you all doing? Maybe you hadn't even considered to check in with yourself. Like, how am I really doing? What do I really need? And so often we're so busy with the hustle and bustle and the grind of life that we don't really check in with ourselves. And for me, having that time built into my schedule to check in and to just be in my being is a way of life. So like yesterday, I was probably, there's a river by my house about about 20 minutes away. And I go there probably when it's nice out like this, I go there at least probably two to three times a week. I will go there. I will work there. I will just be there because nature and the sun is just very replenishing and it's free. (laughs) The best things in life are free. And so I will just go there. And so yesterday I was probably there for a couple of hours. I was probably there for at least five or six hours um, earlier in the week. And I'm not like brainstorming or, or like trying to figure something out. I'm really just being and allowing myself to be fluid and flow just like the water and then things just come to me. So a gentle reminder that whatever it is that you need to do to make your self-care a priority, how about putting it in your calendar or scheduling it? Because most of us get the breadcrumbs of our own lives and everybody and everything get the best of you. And if you're getting the breadcrumbs of your own life, then guess what? The people that are closest to you, they're probably only getting those crumbs as well. And it's not fair to you and it's not fair to them. Okay. So I was having a conversation with one of my friends yesterday and we were talking about credit and how this guy that I used to date was just, he made way more money than me, but I kept way more money than him. Because he was just fiscally, financially irresponsible. And so we were talking about credit. <clears throat> That's how we, we were, talking. oh gosh, credit came into the conversation. And I used to have a credit repair business. Probably will reopen that business. But the reason why this came into play is I, I told her, I said, you know what I learned? I said, a lot of people that have credit problems also have or credit issues have commitment issues. I said, I learned that in in dealing with people and dealing with their credit. And she said, what do you mean? Now, 
a good portion of uh, bankruptcies and things like that are filed because of situational financial issues, like maybe a medical emergency or, or sickness or job loss or something like that, that is that cause financial hardship in such a way that is uncharacteristic. But when somebody looks at your credit report, they will see that these things happened over a period of time that was very close. So if you were late on everything, you would have been late on everything for a year while you went through this situation and then tried to bounce back, okay? If we look at your credit report and you're consistently late and it's up, down, up, down, up, down, collections, judgment, eviction, all of those things there, that speaks of a commitment issue. And it speaks of a greater issue with financial integrity. Why is that important? The reason why that is important is because it's not about credit. What it is, is when you don't keep commitments to other people or other, you know, just commitments that you've made, then you're probably not keeping the commitments to yourself, right? And when you don't keep commitments to yourself and you perpetually let yourself down, you are sending a memo to yourself that you cannot be trusted. So then, because you're not consciously thinking about this, right? When it's time for you to make decisions, financial decisions and business decisions and things that will move you forward, you, you know, (laughs) y'all know I'm silly, but it makes me think of... um, Migos say, you get the bag and fumble it. I get the bag and flip it and tumble it. You get the bag, you get the opportunity, and you fumble it because you don't trust you because you lack commitment to you and you don't have the self-trust. So the thing that, you know, they say doesn't get you in the wash, it'll get you in the rinse, and it comes back to bite you in the ass. Now, all of that, the bigger thing that I want to bring up is what do you need to see that you are not willing to look at. I'm going to say it again. What do you need to see that you are not willing to look at? Because what I am, I am seeing, I tell y'all this quite frequently. When I talk to people, sometimes I feel like, hell, I could even be drinking. And I feel like I'm a sober person in a room full of drunk people. And I'll be like, what in the hell is happening here? What do you need to see that you're not willing to look at? It's called, in coaching, T-T-B-T-T. The thing behind the thing. There is what you are looking at on the surface level and what people are presenting to you. And then there's what lies beneath. And so what often happens is we take things at face value because we don't have the discernment. You don't have to be a coach to be discerning, to look any deeper or to say, ah, something in the milk ain't white right here. And so as people, though, because we've created these personas in this way that we want to be perceived, or even we've, we've worn masks and facades for so long that we start to believe our own bullshit, We're not looking at the things that we really need to see for permanent and sustainable change. And it's hurting us. Look, way back when the economy crashed in 2009, I felt like it was, I didn't feel like it was one of the lowest places in my life. I was broke and broken. 
Did the economy affect that? No, it just exacerbated it, right? It just made, see me with the big words? It just made it worse. Because when I filed bankruptcy, I was broke long before I filed bankruptcy. Bankruptcy was just like, okay, here's the reality check, but I was broke long before I filed bankruptcy. But I was in a financial place for 18 months, the lowest place of my life. And I chose to stay there and dig myself out bit by bit because I knew at that point I had to come to the end of myself and say, hey, you know what? You've been BSing your way through life, through money, through these little side hustles and careers of just trying to figure things out for long enough. You are somebody's mother. You need to get your shit together. And the way you are handling finances and everything else, this is not okay. I can remember when our gas was cut off and my daughter was like, she was so encouraging. She was like, Ma, I like I like cold showers anyway. One day in, that girl said, Mama, can I go to grandma's house? <laughs> and somebody came to pick her up. And they saw the gas people there and they were like, what's happening with the gas? And my daughter was like, oh, they had to come to, to, to fix something. No, they didn't come to fix nothing. They came to, it was off because the bill was not paid. So yeah, I had my car repossessed. I was so embarrassed. My neighbor called and she was like, you know, they just took your car. Yeah, thanks, thanks for letting me know. I felt so utterly embarrassed and just humiliated, y'all. And I was sick of my damn self. And I said, my mother was like, why would you let this happen when you could have just called and asked for help? And I could have called my mother. And my mom even did help me to get my car back out of repossession. But after that, I said, nah, 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 nah. I got got to grow the hell up. I have to grow up. I let that house go. I filed bankruptcy and I went to work because, you know, it was just like, this is not okay. This is just really not okay. But I looked at, I didn't file bankruptcy as a just like, oh, let's just wipe it all away and just get it clean. I really didn't even want to do it. But what I did was I rebuilt my mindset and my financial habits from scratch because It was just like, this is not okay. I didn't just use bankruptcy as a magic wand to make it all go away and never address the things that got me there in the first place. And it took me a long time to, well, it didn't take that long to just get back to base level, but it took me a long time to dig myself out of that hole, right? And I built, dig, dug myself out bit by bit, but that process was necessary to build my character to build my level of maturity, to build my level of awareness, to say, how the hell are you showing up in life like this? And you're okay with it. And so what's happening now is we have so many things happening. And because we can wave a magic wand and get something done and get something taken care of, we're not looking at the thinking that created it in the first place. And guess what? If you are not looking at your thinking and looking at your mindset that created a certain situation, you are always going to recreate the environment that is inside of you. Let's take, um, I know someone who 
got um what do you call this thing? Uh, the, is it the lap band, the sleeve or something like that? And I know also that this person was an emotional eater. But every single time that we would be out eating, she would say, oh, excuse me. And she would go to the restroom or at night she would have to have all this tea for her digestion. And one day we were just having a a conversation and she said, every time I excuse myself, I I go throw up. I said, what? I said, do you do you need to get the, the thing fixed or like what's 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 happening with it? It's not the sleeve or whatever the thing is wasn't the problem. The problem is your appetite didn't change. The the gluttony didn't change. The emotional eating didn't change. And you're still trying to eat that. But the capacity that you have now in your stomach is different and you are making yourself sick repeatedly. Do you, do you see what I mean? And so we never look at the cause to see how we got to a certain place, but we're going to go and change the place. And I'm telling you, it's going to come bite you in the ass again. Some consequences are greater than others. So I'm all for a little nip and tuck and lift and whatever it is that you want to do to make yourself better. That is not what I am talking about. What I'm talking about is how people are being coddled into magically changing things at the surface level and not dealing with what needs to be dealt with underneath. And so it's just like building a house on sinking sand. You know that you are one storm away from everything in your life toppling and blowing over because you have no real root. You have no real character built from, you know, correcting things that really don't work in your favor. You don't have real coping skills because you cope through alcohol or you cope through drugs or sex or entertainment or whatever the case might be. We all have our own coping mechanisms, right? A lot of times we don't look at it though until it's a problem. Anything that we have to do is a problem. Let me take a sip of this coffee real quick. There we go, right? Anything that we have to do is a problem. Why have I broken up with coffee about 10 times in this journey? Because even though I was only having one cup a day, when I didn't have it, I would get a headache. And I was just like, I don't want to be a slave to something like this. And then when I would quit, I would go through this withdrawal where I needed all these naps and I would be moody. And I was like, this is just not the way that I want to be. And so this is my son's fault. When I say my son, I'm speaking about my son, my my daughter's husband. So I was in Chicago and he said, no, this started. I'm going to blame the other people. I was in Portugal and I was just having a little, little coffee with them a little bit. And so it don't taste like my regular coffee. But I was having coffee with them just a little bit, right? A little bit here, a little bit there. I'm like, okay, this is cool. And then I went to Chicago shortly thereafter. And I was smelling the coffee in my 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 daughter's house. And my son was like, you, you want some? And I was just like, nah, nah. And then I'm like, okay. And so he made me a cup of coffee, okay? I had one every day after that and probably been drinking it ever since. Nobody's fault but my own. But... What you also have to understand is that when you make certain changes, now you need to create environments 
so that you are more likely to remain successful in keeping those changes. You know what coffee does? Coffee, give it makes me feel all um, acid refluxy, right? And then I was finding myself taking a little, um, what do you call this? A little thing to reduce the acid instead of just getting to the real the real challenge is that my body does not like the way this feels. This this just does not work well from an acidic standpoint. And so guess what? Me and coffee are going to break up again soon. You, you heard it here first. And this might seem like something small, but we have things that we need to look at much, much larger um, that affect us in greater ways, and we're not looking at it. What do you need to see that you're not willing to look at? Here's the other thing. Y'all know I talk to people for a living, and people tell me things, and I'm I'm just like, are you serious? Like, did you just want me to believe that or do you actually believe it? Because if you are saying it just because you want me to believe it, that's one thing. But if you believe it, this is beyond my pay grade. This, If you believe what you're saying to yourself right now, that's something altogether different. Because the way our brains work, we need to rationalize and justify things. And we rationalize and justify things and exempt ourselves from making the changes that we need to make, right? And it it just doesn't serve us. So you look up and you have this nagging problem, this financial problem, this health problem, this business problem, this relationship problem, because you're not willing to look at the things that you need to see in order to correct it. Everybody wants change, but nobody wants to change. Changing is the hardest thing that you will ever do, but it is by far the most rewarding, right? You know how you get into relationships and I'm an advocate of, hey, listen, you cannot change a grown adult person. And people say, you're trying to change me. Well, shit, good. You need to change. You absolutely need to change, though. And I'm not I'm not an advocate of trying to change people, but the change that we often resist is the change that we actually need. Like, make that make sense. So let me tell y'all how I roll with these kinds of situations. I said before, I creatively disrupt my own life. I'm going to put myself in situations that make me uncomfortable. I'm going to put myself in situations where people are speaking at a level that I don't even fully understand right now because I'm like, woo, I got room to grow. I have room to stretch. I have room to come up. Do you know what the Pygmalion effect is? The Pygmalion effect speaks about when you hold somebody to a higher standard than where they are currently, that they are more than likely to rise to that standard. I was speaking to my dad yesterday and my dad said, he would always tell me like, you know, I wish I had a mom like you who would push me or, you know, who, and he was, he wasn't blaming his mom. He was just like, she did the best that she could. But he said, Never one time when I was in school did my mom ask me about my grades. He said, I did what I wanted to do out there. But the Pygmalion effect, you need someone outside of you to see your potential and to hold you to a standard that is higher than the one that you hold yourself to. And I'm not talking about to hold you accountable because I don't believe that you can hold another adult accountable, but to hold you higher than where you currently see yourself and then you have nowhere to go but up. A lot of times, though, we don't have relationships that call us up. 
We have relationships that are peer relationships. And these people are doing the exact same you're doing, doing the exact same thing you're doing and not moving forward in their potential as well. And so everybody is just right here together, right? So like I was talking to uh, my coach the other day and she was saying some things to me about me and about my business. And I was just looking at her like, what in the world is she talking about? But you know what? As she was talking, I was researching and I was Googling because I'll never not know again, right? She's calling me higher. She didn't come down to where I was. It's not that she wouldn't have explained, but she's calling me higher to what she knows that I could be. Now, I could be like, you're trying to change me. Yeah, you paying me to change you. You paying to change. So what sense does that make that you are just adamant about remaining the same, right? But here's the other thing. I'm willing to look at the things that I need to see in order to change. It's just like, you know, like I'm about to go get my hair done in a little bit. Let me fix my hair before I go get my hair done. I can't let her see that I'm a mess, right? And I know I'm bringing all my messy stuff to the coach. Like, look, here it is. I figured this, 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 this out. And she like, uh-huh. And that's great. But she's talking to me about eight figures. Her, She got an eight-figure conversation. And my mind is sitting over here thinking about seven figures. You see how far ahead she is of me? That's great. Just give me some time and I am going to catch up. But I want that Pygmalion effect in place so that I'm constantly growing and growing and growing. I'm not okay with just settling in place, but I'm also not okay with as much progress as I have made, right? And I'm not even a goals-driven person. I'm a mission-driven person. I'm an impact-driven person. But as much progress as I have made, I refuse to just rest on my laurels and just be like, okay, I'm good and not look at the things that would make me even better. It's irresponsible to me. It's irresponsible to the people that I'm in service to currently and the people that I haven't even met yet to just settle for a version of me when I know it can be so much better. So I'm willing to look at the things that I need to look at so that I can get there. And now we're being coddled. We have this microwave mentality, and so we can make the uncomfortable things go away, but we cannot change who we are internally unless we take the time and really look at how it is that we've gotten there. I don't believe that you need to constantly analyze your past or analyze darkness or analyze your hurt or analyze your trauma you know, incessantly, but I do believe that you need to have a clear understanding of how you got to where you are so you can put so you can put things in place so that you don't remain there. Case in point, my coach, one of my other coaches, we identified that when things feel like they happen or are happening very quickly, everything in me tries to pause it, shut it down, say, wait a minute, let me think about it. And so he said, now that we recognize this, we put a plan in place so that when you feel this, you mash the gas, you don't stop. So I feel like as of late, I'm like, gosh, this, these things feel like as soon as I move here, this happens, this door opens up, this unfolds, and it feels overwhelming to me. Just because I successfully mashed through the gas at that level 
does not mean that these same subconscious things won't arise to invite me to slow down at this level because this feels foreign again, right? Because now I'm moving in a different space. And so now with that awareness, I feel the fears, I feel the insecurities, I feel the uncertainties. And it's just like, okay, let's mash the gas anyway. But let's go back to what I said earlier. All that time when I was digging into my finances, when I was digging into my character, and when I was digging into my integrity, and when I was changing things about myself, guess what? I was laying a foundation to trust myself at the highest levels. I didn't know what was coming down the pike. But now that I'm here, I trust me. I trust me. I got me. I know that if not another person has me, I got me. I ain't even talking about God. That's that's without saying, but I got me. I trust me. And so I can move forward in full self-trust, even when I don't have everything figured out or mapped out, because I trust me. But I had to get truthful, look at the things that I needed to see, continually make changes, continually grow, evolve, and mature to get to this place. So now that when I get the bag, I'm not about to fumble it. I'm about to flip this bitch. I mean, yeah, I'm about to flip this bitch, okay, and tumble it, okay? You understand? Y'all ain't know I I like trap music. Okay, that's the conversation for another day. What do you need to see that you're not willing to look at? Now I can understand why my guy, God, would constantly say, Letitia, you're the one who is the delay in all of this. And I'm like, what? What? That makes no sense to me. Because you know what? I kept stopping myself. The places where I didn't feel self-trust, I kept stopping myself. The places where I felt uncertainty, I kept stopping myself. And now it's just like, you know what? Stop stopping yourself and move through and embrace everything that comes along with the journey because you can handle it. You can handle it. You can handle it. And if you don't do that kind of work with yourself, whether it's in your finances, your body, your thinking, of course, mindset is always a thing. You are going to be presented with opportunities. You're going to present it with relationships and possibilities, and you're going to sabotage them, and they're not going to be fully what they could have been because of what needs to happen right now, because you can't see it, and so you're not preparing for it. Right. So I'm always preparing for where I envision myself going. It might not even look. I told my spiritual mentor the other day, I said, just call me Noah because I'm about I'm about to build this ark. Okay, I don't know when the rain, when the storm is coming, but let me let me build this ark because in my mind, I'm laying a foundation that that can be built upon. But I'm looking at the things that I need to look at going through things with a fine tooth comb so that then when it's when it's done and when it happens now i ha- i don't have a problem or a challenge or an issue that i was unwilling to look at and now it's amplified and magnified over here because i didn't look at it then life will always invite us to look at the things that we need to look at we avoid it we suppress it we repress it, we put it off. And then we look up and we're wondering what happened because what could have happened didn't happen, if that makes sense at all. And so I just want to invite us to a higher standard, a higher standard of integrity. Integrity is not even honesty. If you look up the word integrity and you think about integer, you think about a pie, you think about something that's whole. 
And so you want to do your best to fill in the missing pieces of the pie, right? That's why coaching, that's why therapy, that's why those things are so important. But the the most important thing is having that connection with yourself and with your spirit, having the connection with your spirit so that you always have an inner compass. And so many of us don't have that. Do you know how many people that I talk to that they are empty? I mean, empty. I don't know how people operate on empty, but but I'm saying so many people that I talk to, they're empty. When I say empty, they have no anchor. They have no spiritual root. And so if anything happens in life, guess what? They're tossed in this direction and tossed in that direction because they have not spent or taken the time to build themselves and to solidify themselves. So all of this to say, what do you need to look at that you are not willing to see. Because if it's too painful for you to look at, we're naturally going to avoid pain and move towards things that feel good. But sometimes revisiting your pain and taking the Band-Aids off the pain when you know that you really need surgery is the only way for you to move forward. And I can guarantee you that if you're willing to look at it now, if you're willing to take corrections now, to corrective actions now, if you're willing to move preemptively now, you look down the road and you're like, oh my God, I'm so thankful that I did this instead of just allowing things to compound. And now you have a whole crisis to deal with, okay? I love each and every one of you. Listen, here's the last thing that I'm going to say. Y'all know I lie about the last thing. I'm working on that. The last thing that I will say is I am asking you to jot it down right now. What do I need to look at that I haven't been willing to see? Because you listening to this podcast and then going to the next podcast and just going on about your day, you are a consumer of information. But do you know that success and progress is tied to you executing and implementing? And so the faster you implement anything that you hear, the more you move yourself along. Let's not just be hearers, but let's move into the place of being doers. If it's just one thing, writing it down, okay? You only need the next step. What do I need to look at? I need to look at my eating habits. Okay, you're looking at them. What needs to change? Just go there and just start in one direction. And before you know it, you are making progress. But a lot of the reasons why some of us feel stuck and feel as if we're not growing, it's because we're dying. You're either growing or dying. A lot of reasons why we feel stuck is because we're not looking at the things that have called death, decay, and destruction to move ourselves over into life. I love each and every one of you. Share the podcast. That's how other people are helped. We're all helpers to one another. Have a beautiful rest of your day. 